Hey, it's the Left Coasters Podcast. I'm Dangles. I'm Brian. And I am Tony. And you can find the Left Coasters on Facebook as well as Instagram at the Left Coasters Podcast. Always hit us up with your comments and your questions and we will get them on the show. Thank you for listening. Welcome, everyone, to the Thursday show, week 11 of the Left Coasters podcast. Tony Cavallo, Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, Brian, the ballerina, Balzarini, and we are here to break down the battle for L.A. Los Angeles is heading to the playoffs. We're saying it early and we're saying it often because the Rams are good and the Chargers are good, and it's great to discuss awesome football in the city that you live in. Los Angeles Rams, Los Angeles Chargers will be doing the battle for L.A. where the Chargers have a good game and the Rams have a historic game. We'll be breaking down both of those games in depth, and at the end of the show, we'll be doing our full pick'em slate where yours truly lost a week in the weekly pick'em, and my lead shrunk, shrunk, shrunk. It's getting closer, closer, closer. Five games separate the three hosts of this here podcast. It is getting really fun to see where the weekly pick'em goes. You can find us on Facebook and on Instagram on the Left Coasters Podcast. You can email us at theleftcoasterspodcast at gmail.com. We're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. Please give us a listen. Rate our show. Leave us a comment. Everything helps us grow because we know we are the best podcast this side of the Mississippi. But diggity dangles, my friend. Are you excited to talk about the upcoming slate of games where there's a lot of pivotal playoff matchups coming up? Yeah, we're hitting that final stretch. How could I not be excited to talk about it? I mean, everything this, I mean, it's a good slate of games coming up this weekend, like you said. Some matchups that could determine where people are seated in the playoffs and and the division ranking. And then Mm -hmm. you cap it all off on Monday uh, with the Chiefs and the Rams in Mexico City, Estadio Azteca. There's still a (laughs) shitty playing surface there. It's awesome. Uh, it's just terrible. You shouldn't drink the water. You probably shouldn't breathe the air either. But damn it all, we're going to play a football game there, uh, and it's going to be a barn burner. Not just any old football game, but Joe Tessitore said it on this past Monday Night Football pro- broadcast where they spent the whole broadcast talking about next week on Monday Night Football. Even though the game was close and it, came down to the final play, we were still already on to the Rams and Chiefs. Didn't matter. But uh, Joe Tessitore said, and this is a true stat, this is the fourth time since 1990 that two teams have met this late into the season with one or less losses. The fourth time since 1990. A pivotal, pivotal game, Brian. We will break that game down at the end of this show, the very end of the show. That'll be the last pick'em that we do. But, Brad Guy, how excited are you for Monday Night Football? I'm pretty pumped. I, I'm, I'm going to make this one a... a, a, a uh... A, a special appearance, I think, with, with the crew. Uh, I don't get too many Mondays to do that, but I, I will make a make a point to watch these two teams. I'm really excited to see what the coaches do in this in this game. We talked about it a little bit last week, but I think the coaches have got have got to uh, be pulling out all the stops that I think they've wanted to pull out since the beginning of the year, but have been just thinking, oh, we can't do that. It's, it's, we got to save that for KC yep. because 
Because here's the thing: the, the Los Angeles Rams are tested. We've got the we got the Saints. They they almost lost to the Seattle Seahawks, who I I've said are are better than their record. Uh, I think the L.A. Rams are in a really good position because they they've been tested by just about everybody. Yep. And I think the Kansas City Chiefs are a unique test that I that I think what what the New Orleans Saints showed them is that they had some serious weaknesses in some 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 ways. Uh, and I think the L.A. Rams uh, should be prepared for this game more so than than they would be otherwise. Vegas has. This- this game is a near-even split. Los Angeles is technically the home team, but they are playing in Mexico Just City. Just take the over. Make it easy for I was going <laughs> to say, Los Angeles right now is a point-and-a-half favorite as of recording. The over is 63-and-a-half points. 63-and-a-half points take is it. a gigantic number take for these it. two teams, but yes, you should take it. And if you want to watch this game with the left coasters, with the three idiots you hear week in and week out, you can meet us at Slater's 50-50 in Pasadena. We'll be having a left coasters watch party. Monday night, 5 p.m. Pacific, Rams, Chiefs, and the three left coasters host. It's going to be a wonderful time. Slater's 50-50 in Pasadena. It's right before we record the Tuesday night show, so please come in and have fun with us watching them ram it down their throats. It's going to be a fun, fun time. But before we get there, guys, let's break down what happened this past week in the Battle for L.A. section, and let's start with these Rams and what they did against the Seattle Seahawks in a game where Floyd Money Mayweather came away with not one, but two game balls as if he didn't have enough. Dangles, what happened? Yeah, I'm sure there were no little children in that front row that probably deserved one more more than him, but uh, that's what you get when you play football in Los Angeles. The Rams were able to win 36-31 was the final score from the L.A. Coliseum. Pete Carroll not able to get it done in his old home, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Uh, Jared Goff, 28 of 39 for 318 yards and two touchdowns. His counterpart, Russell Wilson, went 17 of 26 for 170 six yards and he tacked on three touchdowns uh as well uh and then he also uh ran for 92 yards so yes, no no big deal for russell wilson uh just another sunday uh meanwhile uh, rushing for the rams todd Gurley, 16 carries 120 yards and one touchdown rashad penny clocked his first 100 yard game as an nfl player he had 12 carries for 108 yards and a touchdown uh and uh mike davis also adding in there 11 carries for 58 yards. Uh, Receiving-wise, Brandon Cooks, 10 catches for 100 yards uh, and no touchdowns. Uh, Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett, the two tight ends, able to find the end zone. Uh, The only ones in the passing game. Robert Woods had four catches for 89 yards, and Cooper Cup had five catches for 39 yards before tearing his ACL. He is done for the season. Let's discuss that for a second because there's a lot of problems with this Rams team, even though their record is one of the best in the league. Uh, That defense is a problem. The teams the past few weeks have been able to run the ball all over them and this Kansas City team is built to run the football coming up but that Cooper Cup injury is huge they missed him for a couple of weeks so far this season and they kind of made do without him but to lose him for the rest of the season and potentially into next season with a torn ACL that's trouble because this guy was uh, the safety valve for Jared Goff and I don't think there's a player on the team to replace what Cooper Cup can do do they have the weapons to go on without him absolutely but there were a lot of third down pivotal plays that were going to Cooper Cup's direction guys how big of a loss is this for these LA Rams 
it's big, but it's not like season-ending. Yeah. It's not. I mean, look, you know, it, the Rams are one of the only teams in the NFL who I think use their top three receiving options on like a semi-regular basis. Like, there's not. If you look at the percentage of target shares that that uh, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup get, the gap between them is not as big. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'm telling you right now, the gap will not be as big as on another team like say New England mm-hmm. or Green Bay or something like that. Um, they really love to use him out of the slot. They're going to notice him missing. Uh, Josh Reynolds, the rookie out of Texas A&M, is likely going to step into that third slot. Um, he's a bigger guy, so I expect to see him pl- probably playing a little bit more on the outside, and they'll shift Robert Woods into yeah, that that's, slot. That's what will happen. Into that slot spot. Uh, and Josh Reynolds is a big guy. Uh, I think he's about six foot three and two fifty or so. So he can able he's able to go up and get those balls. Um, I, look, it, yeah, you, you can't replace a guy like Cooper Cup, but Sean McVay is a smart enough coach. He's going to be able to plug and play just fine. I, I think they'll notice him missing but I don't think it's going to keep them from winning football games Brian uh what out of this Seattle game it was closer than it should have been if you could pick anything out of it that scared you from this game what scared you the most it would be the rushing attack for the Seattle Seahawks yeah uh the the two-headed spear of of Penny and Davis uh those are not if you don't know who those two people are that's not uh, that's on purpose like yeah, we don't know absolutely. who they are uh that's got to that's got to be worrisome because remember this is a defense we were supposed to be fearing the yeah. the, the entire season absolutely a uh, lot of sacks this game but i think that's also because the Seattle Seahawks give up a lot of sacks he's uh, Russell Wilson has been sacked uh, the most since 2012 of any quarterback in the league uh so so maybe that's negated a little bit but it, i i'm a little worried that with a with a guy like Russell Wilson uh, and a, and a subpar rushing attack that you couldn't stop the runner. Not even you, a little bit. Not even a little bit. They ran all over you, and, and it w- they weren't running trick plays either. There was there was nothing but uh, a couple outside off the tackle runs that they just ha- they just beat the outside guy on, and you yeah. can't do that. Uh, and I think also too, you're going to have to do a better job against a team like the Kansas City Chiefs of matching up well with those wide receivers. Uh, Tyler Locker had a day, and 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 he was one on one quite often and beat those uh, those those DBs. Yeah. Guys like the Kansas City Chiefs, they're they're salivating when they see that. So this defense has really got to do a better job than they've been doing. That whole defense scares me. There's not a lot of uh, 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 moral players on that defense, and they're not playing up to snuff. They're not playing up to the payment. And we will see what happens in that Kansas City game, and we will break that down at the end of the show after our pick But let's move on to the other game. This team, this Chargers team, is praying for the Rams to beat the Chiefs because all the Chargers have done is win football games. The only losses they have are against the one-loss Rams and the one-loss Chiefs. They are right there there to win this division they just keep winning these football games what happened this past Sunday for the Los Angeles Chargers they got a win against the lowly Oakland Raiders 20 to 6 was your final from the Coliseum in Oakland Philip Rivers 18 of 26 for 223 yards and two touchdowns and a pick he was sacked once uh, Derek Carr 24 of 37 for 243 yards no touchdowns no picks sacked four times <laughs> Four times. Good day for the Los Angeles Chargers Uh, defense. Uh, Melvin Gordon, 18 carries for 93 yards and a very impressive, I think, 66-yard reception for a huge touchdown. I'm so impressed with how how far he's come as a receiver, as a running back. He's awesome. He gives so much big playability to that offense and opens up the receiving core, which has its own big playability to to do. I mean, how many other teams are there on on the, uh, the lead where you've got Four guys who could go off for 200-yard days at, at at any given time. Mike Williams, Tyrell Williams, Keenan Allen, 
Melvin Gordon. These are all guys you could it's go wonderful. off for like 200 yards and two touchdowns at any given time. Uh, so Melvin Gordon, 18 carries, 93 yards, no touchdowns. He did have a receiving touchdown. Uh, he caught five passes for 72 yards as well. Uh, and then Doug Martin led the way rushing for uh, uh, Oakland, 15 carries for 61 yards. And then the, the next guy up, Johnny Townsend, one carry for two, 42 yards. Who the fuck is Johnny he's Townsend? The, he's the punter. And fun fact, uh, Johnny Townsend, uh, the punter on a, uh, a fake punt, uh, reached a top speed of 20.48 miles per hour, which That's is impressive. For which a is punter. which is faster than Elvin Kamara and Kareem Hunt. <laughs> That's awesome. This That's season. a great stat. Finally, the special teams did something good for once for That's those L.A. Chargers. Great. The L.A. Chargers, <laughs> that offense is so scary. It's it's very similar to the Rams' offense in the fact that they can get you from anywhere and everywhere. The thing that separates they, the Chargers from the Rams is that defense can play for the Chargers. Those, yeah. those bright blue defenders can play ball. they got to do it against a good team, though. Yeah. Let's, let's, t- yeah. let's temper just a half a step here. Let's remember that the Oakland Raiders currently own two of the top ten picks next year. Year for a reason. For a reason. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So I, I think the thing to be most excited about with the Chargers, though, is that they are seven and two. Yep. The only losses are to the Rams and the Chiefs. Yep. They are beating the teams that they should. Yep. They are beating the teams that they should. But they've got they've got to find a way now to part. You know, to 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 uh, keep this momentum against teams that now are going to be vying for this playoff spot against them. And they need to just smack them. Not yeah. just beat them, not keep in the game, but 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 smack them. Because if anything, they might be one of the most balanced teams in this league. Do they have a higher powered offense like the Chiefs or the Rams? Somewhat. Yeah, I, they, they're, they might, they're close. They're, they're a little brother to that. Yep. You know, I think so for sure. But their their defense is much better, I think, than 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 the, what the Rams have shown lately, yeah. uh, and, and and what the Chiefs have shown lately, and what the Patriots have shown. So you know, if they can play against these teams that are a little bit better on offense and still keep that shine and luster that this defense has been able to put together the last couple weeks, uh, uh, five to be specific. Well, then you've got a team that's probably better suited to win games in the playoffs than you would expect. Absolutely. If if I had to make a pick right now, who would make it farther in the playoffs, the Rams or the Chargers? The Chargers, I think I might have to go with them. Just being on the AFC is a little bit easier than the NFC, and the Chargers are exactly what you said, a more complete team. The The Chiefs could very well lose to this Rams team this next uh, on Monday, and then suddenly the Chargers are tied with them with one game remaining against those Chiefs. This could be an AFC West winning team. This could be... A one seed if it all comes out. And if you have to come to that tiny little soccer stadium to play an AFC championship game, my God, what have we come to? It would be a wonderful time. But it all starts with this week, and you have to win the games on your schedule. So the Chargers, we know who the Rams face, but who do the Chargers play? And we got to make a pick. The Denver Broncos on Sunday are coming to Los Angeles. This will be the first time that these two teams have played each other. They will all, they will also play each other in Denver the last week of the season, which is the, those are two wins on your schedule. When you're looking at this right now, should these be. are two W's you should have. But Denver has a solid defense. Case Keenum, you guys don't like him, but I do. This team could put up points on you. Dang What's the one thing the Chargers need to do to win this game? Run the ball down their throat. <laughs> I mean, it's. I think it's that simple. I think you can let the Denver offense make the mistakes that they're going to make. Um, you've really only got one guy now in the receiving court to like super worry about, and that's. I mean, Cortland Sutton is a good young receiver, but he's that. He's just that still. Yeah. He's young. Yeah. Emmanuel Sanders is really the only guy in that passing game that you 
absolutely have to account for downfield. There's no tight end play. Um, Philip Lindsay obviously having a great season, um, but I, I really just think that if Melvin Gordon, he led the team in rushing and receiving yards this past week. He needs to do it again. Uh, he needs to do it again, absolutely. I think you need to shut out Von Miller and Bradley Chubb from getting to Phil. You've had done a great job all season this offensive line of keeping Phil upright, allowing the time for Keenan Allen and Terrell Williams to get open deep, which makes that offense run and just continue to keep Phil upright and have this train a-moving because this Denver team can get to the quarterback. Well, I was going to say the, the offensive line has been the biggest difference for this season. Absolutely. I, 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 you know, years past, the Los Angeles Chargers have had great wide receivers, have great had great winners. They not they have not had a great offensive line to protect Phillip Rivers. I believe that in order to win this game, you've got to win the big play get, battle. Because, yes, yes. Because if you are going to be, again, a team that's competing with the Kansas City Chiefs, you just got to score at will. You just got to completely win the big the big, uh, the big big play game, and that is getting Melvin Gordon out on those long runs, uh, screens, you know, uh, on wheel routes, and, and making sure those wide receivers are all fed and, and, and happy. Uh, because Denver is not a bad team, but they just can't seem to piece it together. Don't let them piece it together yep. by getting those big plays and allowing somebody like Emmanuel Sanders uh, go go for 60 or 70 yards like the teams who have lost to them had. Yeah. So I, I think that's going to be the key for them is just giving giving those big plays uh, uh, an air out here because you, you got nothing to lose. You just got to win games. Keep winning. Pile the, them up. The good news is I think this might be one of the only matchups on uh, the Chargers schedule where they win the coaching battle because I think Vance Joseph is an idiot and I think Anthony Lynn is just a step above idiot so maybe we'll call him a dunce but uh, I, I'm picking the Chargers to win this game I think it's going to be closer than people think I also think Denver coming off of a bye helps Denver obviously they are well rested and have been planning for the Chargers for two weeks now divisional opponent it will be a tough game they will come ready to play I am picking the Chargers to win Dangles who are you taking I'm also taking the Chargers they're winners of six straight Unbelievable. Uh, and uh, Unbelievable. seven and seven of their last eight games how lucky are we to be talking about two great teams uh, very, very lucky. I, I don't think that the folks in New York who also have two football teams <laughs> are really able to say the same thing about their two wow, squads. I didn't even think of that. That's uh, terrible. And no, nowhere else really comes to mind. Oh, well, the Bay Area, at least for one more year, the Raiders and the Niners, and neither of them are particularly impressive. <laughs> so out of all of the places that have two football teams, I think we're doing the best here Absolutely. in Southern California. Yeah, no, I like the Chargers here. Yeah, six wins in a row. I don't think the Broncos are a very good team. I think they're going to give Case Keenum fits. Well, you also have Florida with three I was just teams thinking Florida, of, uh, but they suck yeah, too. Jacksonville, but, Miami, and Tampa and they Bay. They also all suck, but that's just within one state. I'm talking like I was talking oh, like yeah. one, 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 yeah. one city essentially. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, For there's sure. very few. I can't think of too many states that have multiple teams other than Texas. No, yeah, and, and, and California, of course. Yeah. Texas's teams aren't very good either. Brian, uh, uh, <laughs> very who, lucky. Who, who are you picking? Chargers. Uh, I'm going to go with the Chargers. Okay, yes, so we're all on the Chargers. To, the Chargers to win seven straight to be eight and two. Before we move on to the to the weekly pick'em, we have the Chargers winning this game. Can we pull up the Chargers next couple of games on the schedule? We did this for the Rams back when they were undefeated, and we decided that they were going to be fourteen and two, fifteen and one. If this team is going to be eight and two. Where are we going to be by the end of the season? After Denver, they have the Chiefs, correct? After Denver, they actually have the Arizona Cardinals at oh, home. Oh, that's a W, so 9-2. Yeah. and two. And then they go to Pittsburgh to play the Steelers. Oh, that's a tough game. It's a that's going to be a tough one. I don't know if that's a loss because the Chargers are really good, but that is a tough game. So let's say Brian's saying 9-3. and three. Moving on. Uh, then they have the Bengals at home. Win. Dub. 10-3. They play in Kansas City against the Chiefs. They probably lose that game. I mean, it's tough to play in Kansas City, but those two teams played it tough. We'll call it a loss, ten and four. This is this is a pessimistic look. Well, at we'll this be team opti- right now. we'll be optimistic later. Ten and four, and then they round out their uh, AFC North tour with a trip. Uh, actually, no, they're at home against the Ravens. That's a win. 
and then, and and then they finish the season in Denver against the so Broncos. So a pessimistic look at 12-4. and four. A pessimistic look has the Chargers at 12-4 and four as healthy. the five seed. It's very Going healthy. to play like an AFC South champion in the playoffs. That's very unbelievable. Healthy. Good for the Chargers. What a world this has become. Let's move on now to the weekly pick'em. Left Coasters. And here we are for the weekly pick'em section. We've been doing this for every game so far on the slate, and all three of us are doing very, very well, folks. We had a little bit of a, a rough patch this past week. The best record, both Dangles and Brian, went 9-5. and five. Yours truly went 8-6. and six. But for the season-long records, we are very, very good, and we are very close to each other. Brian, you're still in third place as the defending two-time champion, 85-61. and 61. Dangles, a couple games ahead, 88 and 58, myself leading the league, 90 and 56. Five games separates the three of us with plenty of games left to play. I got a feeling this week we're going to have a lot of differences on this schedule because there's uh, quite a bit of teams that are playing in close games. But before we get to the pick'em, we already picked the Chargers game. Before we get to Thursday, we have some bye week teams. Who do we got? We do. We have the Bills, the Browns, the Dolphins, the Patriots, the Jets, and the 49ers. Mary fuck kill. Who... <laughs> That's what I'm laughing about over here. Above, I'm thinking about a merry fuck kill of these 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 teams. But I'm gonna make it interesting. I'm gonna add a little caveat to it. Take the Patriots out. Merry fuck kill the team that will have the best record this time next year. One more time. Bills, Browns. Well, this time next year. This time next year. So you're looking towards the future. Again, that's the Bills, Browns, Dolphins, Jets. 49ers. I think that's easy. I'm marrying yeah. the 49ers. Yeah, same. Uh, I, what? Yes. I, I would say the 49ers have the best record by the end of the year out of all those teams. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You uh, think Garoppolo comes back and changes, you know, keeps things and, rolling? And Jarek McKinnon? I think that team is so well coached and wants to play. They got so, the New York Giants got so lucky to win that game on Monday night. The San Fran 49ers are going to be tough to beat for the rest of the season. How many, okay, and how many um, other teams can lose uh, their starting not, quarterback and uh, still compete and then go to their third stringer and still compete? Yeah. Okay, so you're marrying 49ers. I, I love it. Keep going. I'm fucking the Cleveland Browns because I think they get a solid coach. I still think that organization is a shithole when it comes to, to people up top, but I think they have the players there and the draft picks there to make it work, and I'm killing the Buffalo Bills. I think Buffalo is a piece of crap organization, and I think that head coach is getting fired, and you're just getting a, a carousel of idiots in Buffalo. <laughs> uh, there, there's nothing to come there from it is. the Buffalo Bills. There it is. Let's yeah. move on to the real games, though, because I'm very happy that those five teams are not playing this week because that means we have good teams teams on the slate. We do. So let's see what's going on. Start of the Thursday game uh, is the uh, Green Bay Packers, your homer at the Seattle Seahawks. The Packers are 4-4-1. Seattle is 4-5. This is a contender or pretender game. You Very lose so. this game, you're on the outside looking in when it comes to the playoffs. If you want to make the playoffs, you need to win this game. Green Bay struggles against Seattle. They have for my whole entire lifetime, and I hate Seattle. What are you talking about? They, they won the last three matchups. No, but it, it's all with the fucking NFC Championship game where Seattle comes back, the fucking fail Mary game that happened with the replacement refs. I just remember Seattle being awful. I just Every time I play Seattle, I, I want to throw my remote through the television screen. We make so many dumb plays against so this team. So who are you picking? I'm obviously going to pick Green Bay, but that's a homer pick. I'm really Really interested to see what you two guys have to say. I'm going to go with Green Bay because I think the running game kind of came alive for Green Bay, thank, thankfully for my fantasy team. Uh, I, I really think Green Bay is finding their their stride, as you guys have talked about at, at, at nauseum about the uh, 
the ill coaching moves of of one uh, Mr. McCarthy. I think if they turn around and they get this uh, running game continue to going, uh, they have a they have a multifaceted team that is pretty darn scary. And I don't think the the Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks have figured out how to play defense against these very high powered uh, offenses. So I think the Green Bay Packers come in and I think they 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 push uh, Minnesota and Chicago for that for that NFC North. Dangles. I'm picking Seattle here. Uh, this is a home game wow. for them. Yeah, uh, and I think that um, Rashad Penny is a good sign for them that they have someone who can fill the rushing gap while Chris Carson is is still hurt. Mike Davis was doing a decent job of that when when Carson wasn't playing before. Um, I don't think that the Packers front four is going to do a lot to put pressure on Russell Wilson. And when they do, I think it's going to be easy for him to get outside the pocket. And nobody really makes things happen outside the pocket. Like I, I don't know the exact stat, but I'm pretty sure he's like right up there among the most accurate passers outside of the pocket in in the NFL. Um, so I I just I think this is, yeah being a home game for Seattle. I think the, the they are frisky in this game and this game alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I think the Packers lose, but I don't think it means the end of their season. Brian, I uh, I will say I don't think you've been listening to me for the past two and a half years of this podcast. The fact that Mike McCarthy has a running back does not mean Mike McCarthy will use said running back. Even though Aaron Jones had 145 yards rushing against Miami, he only ran the ball 15 times. And we need to run the ball more. And I've been talking about it for fucking years now. I can guarantee you, you're going to get a bunch of first down runs that go right into the heart of the Seattle defense and go nowhere. And suddenly Aaron Rodgers is throwing it 45 times and running around the pocket like a chicken with his head cut off. Be worried about that Green Bay rushing. Offense. I don't know, man. I, if I had Aaron Rodgers, I'd only run the ball 50 times too. Uh, next, we've got the uh, start of the Sunday games. It is the Cincinnati Bengals at five and four versus the Baltimore Ravens at four and five. Another great one. This is a good one. This is a game. Again, you need to win this game if you want to make the playoffs. I'm going to contend with my lock that Cincinnati stinks, and I'm picking Baltimore. Yeah, there is one caveat to note here, and that is that Joe Flacco is probably not going to play in this Ooh. game. His status is still. They say his status is still up in the air. I'm willing to bet they're not going to. They're not going to take a chance it if he's not. If he's matter, not right? able to go, it doesn't matter to you whether Lamar Jackson starts this game. I think Joe Flacco is mediocre at best, and I think a mediocre at best quarterback still beats the worst defense in the NFL. They're still missing A.J. Green on the offensive side, and we saw what happens when A.J. Green is not there. you got to focus on one player and one player only, and the rest of the team is beatable. Cincy stinks. I want to also throw something out there. We saw it happen a lot this year. We saw Sam Darnold. We saw Josh Allen win big when he f- turned around and got the start because teams hadn't had time to prepare for Absolutely. There, there is no there's no video on them there's no game tape uh i think if lamar jackson does get the start and it is looking likely like you say dangles i would be shitting bricks if i'm the cincinnati <laughs> Bengals. how do you prepare for a guy that you have not seen once this year who could be the most uh, could be the one guy in this league that you need to know what they're capable of doing yeah, with him absolutely. so uh I, if lamar jackson plays i think the Baltimore Ravens could be even scarier. I'm picking the Baltimore Ravens. Now, Tony, in the past, you have made it no secret that uh, when a team fires one of its members of its coaching staff, you like to pick them the following week. The Not Bengals true. did just can their defensive coordinator, I Carol Austin. Lo- I like it when they fire the head coach. Oh, it's just the head coach. Marvin it doesn't Lewis. have anything to do with the coordinator. Marvin Lewis is still there. That's like 16 <laughs> Guess seasons Guess who's their new offensive coordinator? Uh, Jim Bob Cooter? I don't know. Hugh Jackson. No way. He got hired by the Cincinnati Bengals. Get out. Nope. Get the fuck out of here. I can Wait, their offensive coordinator? What happened to Bill Lazor? 
He got he got hired on their uh, he got hired on their team. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so, so he's on the staff. Okay, okay. I thought you said he was the OC. I was like, I missed the news where they fired Bill Lazor. I'm doubling him. down. The Ravens are winning this game. No chance. Report: Bengals Marvin Lewis return or hires uh, Hugh Jackson in his return to the Bengals. Uh, who's this staff? according that, to? That's not an Onion article. Sports is it? Illustrated five hours ago. Oh my goodness, it's a good source. Well, uh, CincinnatiBengals.com. I'm still <laughs> oh no. I believe God. you. I just want to make sure that we're sourcing accurate information here on the left coast. <laughs> This podcast. <laughs> One of ridiculous. us is, after all, a professional working oh, journalist. God, that right. is ridiculous. Pick your team, Dangles. Who I like. The, I like. I like the Ravens here as well. Uh, okay. I, I, I don't. Again, I don't. I, I think the Cincinnati Bengals are going to make it close. I don't think they are a team that stinks. Um, I think their defense stinks, but Hugh I don't think they're a team that stinks. Hugh Jackson quoted. Uh, prematurely fired from the Browns' job, according to Hugh Jackson. So let's go, Hugh. Uh, all right. Next, we've got another very interesting game: the right. Dallas Cowboys four and five, Atlanta Falcons four and five, and it's in Atlanta. Give me Atlanta. Absolutely, give me Atlanta. In Atlanta, Dallas. Man, I, I I'm not sold on Dallas. Give Their defense Dallas. is decent. That I'm defense is really solid, man. Seventh that defense rank can overall. Really play in Atlanta. Uh, I mean, in Dallas against Atlanta, and Atlanta just how. They they Cleveland is a joke of a team. I understand they played really well on Sunday, but they are a joke of a team when it boils down to it. Atlanta looked feeble against them. They couldn't get anything going. I think Atlanta is showing that they are actually a very very poorly uh, prepared team. Now, mind you, if if you want to go the opposite here, they're probably going to be over prepared for this Dallas Cowboys team because of the fact that they are going to be mad as hell and they got to keep up. I I I'm going to stick with my kill. I I'm going to pick the Dallas Cowboys. I tell you the truth, Brian, I can't believe I'm doing this. I, I think I'm with you. I, I think watching Nick Chubb, and it wasn't just one play where Nick Chubb got all those yards and Duke Johnson oh, did he, too. Oh, he grinded uh, them. Ezekiel Elliott is going to have a day against this moribund Atlanta rush defense. And I, I don't think, I think Atlanta's offense is awesome. I think Atlanta's and Matt Ryan is awesome. But Dallas can really play, especially in the linebacking core. I think they create a little bit of hell there. And I'm somehow, some way picking Dallas, a shitty Dallas team to win on the road. Next, we've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, three and six, at the New York Giants, two and seven. <laughs> Yikes! What? A- uh, I'll take Tampa, please. I'm going Tampa because I also think New York Giants. I think they kind of have to tank the season. This is where you get in that territory. You start thinking about what do we need and where do we need to be. The New York Giants want to stay high as possible. They don't need to be one, two, or three, or even four to get to get a quarterback in this this year's draft because all the teams that blow all have a quarterback. They're not going to go after a quarterback. They drafted a quarterback this last year. I don't think they the guy go, who just got arrested. Th- I don't think they go and and draft Kyle Lalletta. Yeah, he just got arrested. Yeah, lots of quarterbacks in the NFL get arrested. <laughs> Fucking call me when call me. It's a big deal. Call me when he like shoots somebody in the Kyle head. Kyle Lalletta is not going to be your future. Uh, if you've got a chance at being a top five pick, I think the New York Giants he, are not interested in. You're being... our draft guy. You know as well as I do. There ain't dick out there as uh, far as quarterbacks in, this, three, in, in there, this season. There's the kid from Oregon. There's a yeah. kid from West Virginia. I think that's supposed to be good, and there's one other dude. There are two guys that could be in the top 10, top 15, and I think the New York Giants are about the only team, other than maybe the Oakland Raiders, who are in Jacksonville Jaguars, who are at the bottom of the barrel looking for a quarterback. I don't know if the rest of the Giants locker room agrees with you necessarily, because Odell Beckham Jr. in his co- press conference earlier this week before this game was yeah, saying, was lost we got to win seven more. Games. Like His eyes are on getting this team to the playoffs, and and, and he's their best player. He's their highest paid player. Come on, show it. Don't, lose, to, don't barely lose. Don't barely win against teams like San a Francisco. A win is a win is a win is a win. I'm picking Tampa Bay. Thank Fuck you. that game. Next, we've got the Steelers. At the Jacksonville Jaguars, Steelers are sporting a six-two and one 
record, Jacksonville Jaguars, 3-6. and six. Pittsburgh. I, well, yes. I, I don't think you can easily say Pittsburgh, though, because Big Ben loves to throw it to Jacksonville Jaguars players. He did it so much last year. Granted, that's a different Jaguars team, but I think Pittsburgh, for some reason, Jacksonville has their number. That being said, Pittsburgh is winning this game. That Jacksonville team is not playing with the same amount of confidence that it played with last year, um, uh, and and I just I don't see them being able to get things going offensively against a decent Steelers defense. And um, I mean their offense is is playing as well as they have everything going for them right Pittsburgh now. Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm happy to see the uh, Leonard Fournette back in action. Had a good day. Me too. Me too. Had a great day. I just don't know if it's going to happen against the Pittsburgh Steelers with the way Blake Bortles has been playing. Uh, bad loss against the Indianapolis Colts pretty much sunk their season next we've got the houston texans at six and three at this is a good game i yep. like this the washington redskins six and three two wild card teams in their respective well no uh, they're division leaders right now well i think they're going to be wild card guys by the by the end of this uh season but i think the houston texans and the washington redskins half half to win this game this is both of them do we've yeah. gone through their schedules at, at nauseam these two teams probably look at the, at each other and go this is a win it should be a win i've been thinking about it since the tuesday show we've noted this matchup i really don't know who i'm gonna pick in this game I, if it was a healthy team i'd pick washington because i think they're smarter i think they're all around better but I, I they're not there are so many missing pieces on that team i think i have to pick this this dumb dumb houston team to pull out another win somehow some way yeah. get to seven and three i'm going with houston because I really don't think the Washington Redskins uh, are going to not disappoint us and make this last part of the season against the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles not interesting. That would make Houston on a seven-game winning streak. Possible. Yeah, I'm I'm Lamar, I well. think they're, I think they're going to do it. Yeah, Lamar I, Miller's looking better. Yeah, I mean, I just don't, th- I just don't think the Redskins have enough going for them yeah. right now. The 26th yeah. overall ranked offense, 17th in the league in defense. Their passing offense is 25th out of 32. The rushing offense is 10th. But I mean, I'm not really thinking about the re- uh, Washington uh, R words when I'm uh, when I'm you know thinking about teams that'll run the ball down your throat. So Houston's uh, got a really good defense. I, I think too. I think the R- I think the R defense. words lose this game, and I think the Texans win. And they have the 14th ranked offense. So as we were talking about earlier with the Chargers being a very complete team, the Houston Texans are a very complete team. Uh, I think they pull out a win as well. Next, we've got the Tennessee Titans after their big win against the New England Patriots, 5-4 and four, against the Indianapolis Colts at 4-5 and five, who are surging late this season. Indy, 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 Indy. Tennessee Ooh. just played in their Super Bowl. I think Indy is a team that everyone is discounting. That offense is for real. I think that offense can put 30 on you in a snap of a finger. I don't know what happened in that game against Jacksonville for them because they were up by so much and then suddenly Jacksonville Defense. made it a field goal game. It was... They don't have defense, but they get the, the offense just stopped. It's like they thought the game was over. Chicago did it too against Detroit this week. These teams cannot think that the game is over. I think Indy goes up big, even though Tennessee's defense is really good. I think Indy's offense is more powerful. Indy wins. I agree. I'm picking the Shit, Colts here as well. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with all the things that you just said, Tony. Uh, I'm gonna agree with you only because I think Marlon Mack, the addition of uh, Marlon Mack, Mack being healthy, makes this team more interesting and more more scary. If you're a defense, you have to take take uh, uh in him, you have to take him in account, and I think that opens up Eric Ebron, that opens up uh, Doyle and and everybody else in that locker room. Indianapolis looks great. Next, we've got the Carolina Panthers. Who are sitting uh, just in that that wild card position right yep. now, six and three, uh, behind the New Orleans Saints in their division against the lowly, lowly three and six Detroit Lions. 
Well, I will say this. Pittsburgh uh, just put the boot down on Carolina this past Thursday night, and Detroit's offense, uh, they have the playmakers to make some some plays against this Carolina defense. I will say Carolina's all-around the better team. Carolina wins. Uh, yeah, the Lions' offensive line is playing like historically bad right now. They cannot protect Matthew Stafford. It's it's just it's like it's not even all over it's again. not even his fault. Like that he's not being able. He, he's like Matthew Stafford has, by the way, single handedly sunk my fantasy season in our <laughs> sixteen team league, putting up negative points week after week. But he's not getting any protection in the pocket. He's got no time to find his very capable receivers downfield. I just until that offensive line cleans itself up, there's nothing else that this team is going to be able to do to get anything rolling on offense and especially against this Panthers team who's not only very good but probably very pissed off after they got smacked around on national television last the thing, week. The thing that worried me about Carolina and I don't think it's going to affect this game there were shots in the third quarter this is when Pittsburgh's driving down the field to score their 38th points of the game and Carolina's pretty much out of it but the shots of, of Cam Newton of Greg Olson, Christian McCaffrey I'll take a side. Christian McCaffrey was the only one that looked pissed off. Everyone else just looked sad. It's like they're they, their dog just died. Carolina needs to nut up and know that they're playing football, and you need to be able to smack someone in the mouth across the side of the field. I know you're getting beaten in this game, but there's no reason to just have a pouty this face is, on the sideline. This is Carolina's problem to me. They need to be able to play football and not just worry about the diva portions of their team. Well, and that's just it. Is we've talked, I've talked, I know I've talked about it before on the show. Um, um, that, that Cam, when he gets, when he's up, he's you can't get inside his head. Like it's a, it's a safe in there. But when they're down, you can. Leave rent free right up here in that dome of his he he gets so so caught up in it and he gets despondent and he's just like he's such a great player but but on the sideline kind of a narcissist the, the night and day just where he could be at it does it does concern me i don't think it, it, it's going to matter in the long run I, th- uh, I think I, they're going to be up more often than they're not i agree like your captain goes your team goes for sure but also that's on ron rivera because greg olson's looking pouty on the sidelines they had a, a defensive lineman look like he was falling asleep in the stands on the sidelines that's on ron rivera you got to get your team fucking together this team is six and three and is going to be in the playoffs but you can't be looking like that on the sideline in the third quarter of a nationally televised game. That's that's awful. Yeah. That's awful. Well, the story here is probably not as much of Carolina being good or bad. I think it's Detroit being a very, very bad. And you're picking Carolina? Yes, I am picking Carolina Panthers. Uh, next, we are... <laughs> this next game is a dumpster fire. <laughs> uh, how do we get these games? Uh, next, we've got the Oakland Raiders at 1-8 and eight versus the Arizona Cardinals at 2-7. and seven. Wouldn't you rather have these two games playing each other than playing like the Minnesota Vikings? Yeah, yeah. I guess Arizona, I, I'm, I'm going to pick Arizona. Good for Josh Rosen, by the yeah. way. The, Arizona played their dicks off against Kansas <laughs> yeah. City. They really yeah. did. 28-16, to 16, by the way. Did, yeah. They did not look like they, that was that game was out of hand ever. No. Well, they got I David think... Johnson going a little bit. Their defense wasn't terrible. I mean, to, to, to keep, to hold, the, Johnson did do, to or, hold the Chiefs to, to Larry Johnson, ooh. there's a throwback right there yeah. <laughs> Kareem Hunt yes Kansas City <laughs> Chief fame no uh uh what's his name Larry uh, Fitzgerald he didn't do dick I was I needed him to do so much on my fantasy I'm team I'm picking Arizona yeah, I like Arizona too here like San Fran this team wants to keep playing football they yeah. don't care who they're playing against they're or what their record young. is they're they showing know. up to play did you know that they actually have the biggest disparity between old and young on their team along no, with the older, older Raiders that. they have a lot of old players but they have a lot of young young players
was you know you know what was sad was listening to the, that game, the Kansas City Arizona game. It had Bruce Arians calling the game as the third man in the booth, oh, no. and that was just sad. Like, why would you make that man call his old team? He's he, already got heart issues. You like, know don't, he wants to be there. He's, he's talking about like how what Ricky Seals Jones's like tendencies are, like as if he he just had the drops from the notes from last season. That's just mean. I'm sorry. That's just mean. I'm picking Arizona. Who are you two picking? Yeah, I we got are, Arizona. Yeah, I, Arizona. I, I feel like I feel like it doesn't bode well for any team if you've got players retiring like in the middle of your oh, season. God. You're just not you're just not going to oh, win right. with that. And when your quarterback throws the ball into the ground on fourth and five, I mean, like that, I just don't know. Mark my words. I think far I think four minutes grace. left. I think I think uh, Gruden would be uh, smart of him to uh, get a quarterback in the offseason to push this young man because Derek Carr looks like he. He, he, I don't, I don't know. He doesn't look like a starting quarterback. Oakland needs a lot Mullins of things. Nick Mullins needs a job. Oakland needs a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, next, we've got the start, or the rather, the last of the afternoon games. Uh, this is when we start getting into the games of the week, in my opinion. You got three games here that are all very interesting. Uh, it starts with the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, who are four and five, and looking need a win, and who are looking to make some ground up against the Washington Redskins against the eight one New Orleans Saints. I mean, this is. This this is would be, it would be real easy to just. This up is and my pick upset of the New week. Orleans here. You're picking. Really? You're picking Philly here. I'm not, but I'm saying it could be. But you can't, you can't say, say it's my this upset, is my of, the upset week, of the week. But I'm not going to sell into it. That's no. That's you can't, terrible. Yeah, that's, Fine, that I'll take terrible. it. Give me the Philadelphia Eagles. Write it down. Oh, Phil, why? I really, I, you know, the, are the New Orleans Saints? Uh, yes. World beaters. Absolutely. Yes, they are. I think any given Sunday. When we see the Tennessee Titans take it to the New England Patriots, when we see the Cleveland Browns skank the the Atlanta Falcons, I I am wondering if there isn't a team this week that we have high hopes, all the all the regard for, who just lays an egg. I really think the New Orleans Saints had a great week last week. Uh, spanked the Cincinnati Bengals. I think they come back, and I think Philadelphia makes a run here and tries to push them uh, and comes out with a win at the end there and shows us that they are the Super Bowl team and the team to contend with in the in the NFC North, or rather the N- NFC East, and I think the Philadelphia Eagles make a statement and win this game. To pull a TJ and to use a song quote to, to reference to my me. pick here, I'm a big Aerosmith fan, and one of my favorite songs is uh, That Train Kept a Rollin'. All night long. New Orleans is going to roll the train through Philadelphia. I think New Orleans is just the far superior team. Dangles? Yeah, I, th- I think so, too. I'd like to pick the upset here. I just don't think I can in good in good faith. I don't see how the, that offense goes out there and lays an egg with the players that they have. Michael Thomas is playing the best football of his career right now. Alvin Kamara is... Alvin Kamara <laughs> and the defense is is doing enough to to keep them in football games. I I, I think the, it would be take a Herculean effort on Carson Wentz's part, and pretty much going to have to be him and him alone. Maybe get some help from Fletcher Cox on that defense, uh, and 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 get some pressure on Drew Brees. But I, no I still think the Saints yet. win. No, nobody has been able to yet. All right, what we got next? Next this is the Sunday night game. Sunday night game, the Minnesota Vikings at the Chicago Bears. The Minnesota Vikings are sitting second in the division at 5-3-1 and one behind the 6-3 and three Chicago Bears. Uh, Chicago, again, has yet to play a good team. They have the, all six of their wins. Their best win is against those Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and these are the games you need to win if you want to win that division. Uh, normally, I would sit here and pick Minnesota in a flash. I think Minnesota is the far superior team, but I still don't think they have it together. I still don't think... Minnesota has it together enough to go in and beat Chicago against that defense. That defense is very, very good, and they have playmakers 
all over the field. The question is, can Minnesota get to Mitch Trubisky and make him look like the Mitch Trubisky we all know and love, the one that looks like the uh, rest-in-peace Nathan Peterman of old? I will say, though, I am picking Chicago, but I'd be very, very happy if uh, the Purple People Eaters pull this one out. I'm picking Chicago to win. Dangles, who are you picking? (laughs) (laughs) Do we know know yet if Stephon Diggs is going to be back for this game because he's been missing with a rib injury? I do think that factor is in a little bit. I mean, you you instantly double your all you know your Pro Bowl receiver quota on there. Like, give I mean, me uh, give me Minnesota. Why? You look at the Minnesota Vikings. You you talked about the Chicago Bears defense. They're the fourth ranked defense in the league. Minnesota's the fifth, mm-hmm. and they had a bye week. Mm-hmm. They've been watching and watching and watching. And I think Matt Nagy is a fantastic coach. That might be the the headliner for the Chicago Bears, no matter what they do this season, is what they have in Matt Nagy. He's a fantastic coach. Uh, I I think Zimmer is a fantastic coach. I think he's a fantastic coach at preparing for teams when he's got enough time. I really think that Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings are going to show us why they put so much money into him and have, you know, with Adam Thielen, with Dalvin Cook back, Running, I think the the Chicago Bears have not seen a team quite like this. Yeah, uh, at their peak and and coming off a good bye week, I think they've got people healthy. I really th- think the Minnesota Vikings here start taking a turn. I think they give your Green Bay Packers a gift. I will say, I think uh, Kirk Cousins. I, Kirk Cousins is the reason I didn't pick Minnesota in this game. He scares me against the Chicago yeah. team. Dangles, he's, who you got? He's the reason why I'm not picking them as well. I'm picking. Chicago. I'm picking the Chicago Bears. I think that. Uh, I think that Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks are going to absolutely eat the Minnesota offensive line alive. That offensive line stinks. It's not very good. Um, Tarek Cohen has, has is having himself a nice little run towards the end of the season here, um, and they've still got Jordan Howard on the goal line, and the receiving the receiving core has been there for them as well. I like the Bears to win, and 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 I will add, it is going to be 33 degrees at game time uh, at Soldier Field, and the Bears typically do pay, play well in the cold versus Minnesota, who, despite being from a cold climate plays inside traps so let's uh love it let's let's move on to the game of the century the here. game of the month the kansas city <laughs> chiefs nine and one against the los angeles rams nine and one monday november 19th 8 15 eastern standard time. and again you can watch this game with these three idiots with the left coasters we are having a left coasters podcast watch party at slater's 50 50 in pasadena for the the historic matchup chiefs at rams in mexico city on the, espn deportes the fourth hopefully sergio dip will be there the fourth time since 1990 that two teams have met this late into the season with one or less losses on their record this is is a game of games. Dangles, you're looking at me. You got something to say. I just want to say I think <laughs> we should salivate. I just think I just wanted to say we should set this up with some stats because they're yes. mind they're mind-blowing. Yes. They're absolutely mind-blowing. Let's look at our passers here. Patrick Mahomes, 3,150 yards so far this season, leading the NFL. Right behind him, not 16 yards in his rearview mirror, is Jared. Goff, that's amazing. Three thousand one hundred and thirty-four yards past this season. Our rushers, Todd Gurley, leading the NFL with nine hundred and eighty-eight yards on the ground. Kareem Hunt, a few spots back it, uh, at place number four. Uh, he has seven hundred and fifty-four rushing yards on the season. Nobody in the top five for the Rams in receiving. Tyreek Hill is your fifth leading receiver in the NFL. He's unbelievable. Eight hundred and ninety-one yards. Oh, but let's not sleep on Brandon Cooks right behind him. 
him at number six with 857 yards. And then we skip down to the number eight slot in the NFL. And who should we find but Robert Woods uh, with 55 catches for 832 yards. And then rounding out your top 10, the only tight end in the top 10, Travis Kelsey, 57 catches for 787 yards. The amount of offensive firepower on the field in this game is literally staggering. Okay, so let's break this down like we normally do these Rams and Chargers games. If we want the Rams to win, which as the the Los Angeles premier football podcast, that's what we're all rooting for here. What's the one thing the Rams need to do or even the one player that needs to step up his game and make this game his own in order to beat this vaunted Kansas City offense? Aaron Donald. Yeah. Absolutely Aaron Donald. This this game is the reason hinges. you pay him the money. This game hinges on the Rams front line's ability to seat Patrick Mahomes squarely on the turf yeah. at Estadio Azteca, the poorly kept turf <laughs> at Estadio they did, Azteca. They did like a, a quick shot of this past Monday night where they showed the stadium being like built and some little woman is building like a fucking fence or something in the middle. And then they did a, it was the goalpost uh, she did, was putting together. They did like an overhead shot and it looked like just this half brown, half green. They looked like there were hills in the middle of it. That field looks awful, but keep going. No, seriously, this is where this is this is where we need to see Dante Fowler being used a lot off of the edge and not getting careless penalties when on third down. This is where Aaron Donald needs to prove why he's he's getting paid. Yeah. And this is where Michael Brockers and Ndama Kungsu both show why they have value to this front four as well. You're probably not going to get a lot of pressure out of these linebackers, although Corey Littleton has been a nice surprise in that linebacking core for the Rams. I really do think Aaron Donald is the X factor in this game. If they can pressure Patrick Mahomes, he's had all the time in the world to throw the football. Like You're yep. going to have great stats with all the weapons he has and the amount of time he has to throw the ball. Yep. I think it's the pass rush that really is the X factor. So both these teams, we read off the stats, the offenses are otherworldly, but the defenses are where both these teams have problems. That Arizona team could put up, I mean, only 16, but they still could put up points against Kansas City, and the Rams keep letting teams come back into games and score points on them. I'm talking to one person and one person only, and if you're listening out there, listen up close. Marcus Peters, this team that you're playing this Monday gave up on you. They thought you weren't worth the price to stay on their team. They drafted you and they said you're not worth the headache that you create in the locker room. They said go away and go to another team. Play somewhere else. You're not worthy to wear a Kansas City Chief uniform. So you take Tyreek Hill and you take that tiny little man, that little Speedy Gonzalez, and you take him to the woodshed. Make sure you get your hands on him and pressure him at the line. Don't worry about Kareem Hunt. Don't worry about Kelsey because if you shorten the field against this Kansas City team, you can beat them. Marcus Peters, my friend, make sure Kansas City remembers your name and take Pat Mahomes to the woodshed. Tyreek Hill does nothing for this team. Brian. You guys are absolutely right. However, if you went to the casino and put money down on (laughs) either one of those things happening, you would be fools. (laughs) You would be fools. The Kansas City Chiefs are going to have a field day. They do not allow rushers in their face or in the backfield because there's not enough time yeah there is not enough time they get that ball out faster than any yeah. team in the league maybe other than the new the, the new orleans saints the the person who has to has to has to has to have the best game of their year until they get in the playoffs of course is todd Gurley. Mm-hmm. todd Gurley running the ball what was the difference in, in in the new orleans saints game that they lost they couldn't get todd going 
They could not get him going, and they got far behind Drew Brees and the and the New Orleans Saints. And then he's out of the yep. out of the picture at that point. If you get the ball first, you run the ball down their throat. Yep. You own the clock. You keep Patrick Mahomes on that sideline because when we look at all their defensive and their offensive statistics, they are basically the same team. Yeah, they are. The difference being Kareem Hunt. And Todd Gurley, Kareem Hunt's a fantastic runner. I mean, points yeah. out the out the wazoo. But Todd, but but Kareem Hunt is a is a breakaway guy. He's getting you know thirty yards a game because because three or four times a game he has big plays. Todd Gurley is a grind kind of guy. People don't want to tackle Todd Gurley. No. They just don't want to touch him. If I were if I were Sean McVay, I would be writing up a game plan to take up as much time off that clock in every single drive. And when 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 you're looking at these close statistics, the difference being you're getting touchdowns when you're forcing them to turn the ball over on third down. Mm-hmm. And third down conversions are going to be extremely important in this game. Absolutely. I love that you said about the game planning of this game because these two teams, they are two masterminds when it comes to offensive working. I'm very excited to see the play that come out and the formations and the motions that come out of these two teams because they're very similar in the way they run the game. They do a lot of the same thing over and over again, but they throw you so many different pre-snap looks that you don't know where it's coming. There are wide receivers in motion for both teams. There are fake handoffs and shovel passes for both teams. There are tight end screens and tight ends used in various ways for both teams. These two teams are so interesting in the way they dress all their plays, but the plays themselves are very simple. I actually wouldn't be surprised if these two defenses know how to play the other offense as well because they've been seeing it in practice over and over again throughout the year. But we've come to that time, guys. We have to put our money where our mouth is. 9-1, and 9-1. and one. They are both 9-1. and one, Correct. Right? Mm-hmm. Let's pick who wins this game, the AFC uh, Titan or the NFC Titan. Chiefs at Rams. And again, you can join us to watch this uh, fireworks of a display. 63.5 points is the over at Slater's 50-50 in Pasadena. All three of your hosts will be there cheering for the Rams. But we got to make a pick. This pick of matters. Dangles. No, 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 no. Dangles, Dangles. Let's go to the third you place person. Me first. Let's Why don't you the, pick first? Let, I, I always pick first. Let's go to the third place person here, Brian the Ballerina Balzarini. Who are you picking? No doubt about it, L.A. Rams. No doubt about no it. No doubt about it. Wow. You look at one stat, one stat only. The Kansas City Chiefs have 3.1 sacks per game. The Los Angeles Rams have 2.16. I am convinced, convinced. Todd Gurley is going to have to have a day, and I believe in Todd Gurley to have that day. Mm-hmm. I think Todd Gurley has a monster, monster t- statistical outing against the Kansas City Chiefs because they've never seen a runner like Todd Gurley. Who have they played this year that they've wiped up with the floor who's had a runner even remotely close to Todd Gurley? Not a single team. L.A. is going to have a big, big day in Estudio Azteca. I can't wait for this game. I'm so excited. I will let Dangles go last because uh, he's going to have to break the tie. I'm picking the Kansas City Chiefs to win this game. I, uh, I, I, I love everyone on the field for both teams. If there's a team that we don't talk about enough that I'm a fan of that's not Green Bay, it might be Kansas City. They are so much fun to watch. A lot to love. And you just want to root for Pat Mahomes. That team is really, really good. I just think at the end of the day, these Rams still 
aren't ready for prime time. We saw it against New Orleans. In the past few weeks, they've been letting these teams hang around. Green Bay, Seattle, they've been letting these good teams hang around. And I'm a little bit worried that the Rams might lose this game. And that, that doesn't mean their season's over by any stretch. I just think Kansas City is a little bit better today to, than the Rams are. So I'm picking Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. I hope I'm wrong. Uh-oh, Dangles. JD. Where are we Break going? The tie. Yeah, you know, um, I think I got to pick L.A. here. Um, uh, pretty much because, Tony, you're leading in the pick and uh, if you win this game, or if I pick the same as you, then I can't make up any ground on wow. you here. It's and a coin I honestly flip. think wow. this—I honestly think this game is a coin flip as well. I agree. Um, and and if I have to kind of lean one way or another because of that, I'm going to try and up myself in the rankings here. I, and I truly do think that the Rams, be, uh, t- to your point, are going to be pissed about the way that they played last time in prime time. I think they are going to be ready this time around. I don't think you're going to see a lot of guys in the box against Todd Gurley. Uh, I think he's going to be doing a lot of running in between the tackles, and I think that's going to work out for them. It's going to be a fun time, and again uh, for the seven. 17th time this podcast you can join us at slater's 50 50 in pasadena for a watch party it's going to be an exciting exciting time but that ends it for the left coasters podcast thursday edition guys week 11 is over by the next time we're recording it'll be our thanksgiving special and unbelievable he, how fast this season is going and hugh jackson will be with another team <laughs> only hope oh my goodness hugh jackson get another job jeepers okay so that's it for tony cavallo matthew dangles d'angelo antonio brian the ballerina Arena Balzarini. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, The Left Coasters Podcast. You can email us, The Left Coasters Podcast at gmail.com. We are on SoundCloud. We are on iTunes. Listen to the show. Give us a like. Give us a rating. It helps us grow. This is the best podcast this side of the Mississippi. And we are and we are covering two playoff teams in Los Angeles. What more would you want out of a podcast? We are here and we will be back next week to come at you. But for now, let's give a hearty Monday night ram it. should be simple just put on your shoes and go and yet when you try to learn about how to get better at it especially as you age you're confronted with conflicting advice complicated workouts and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you on the planted runner i'll share exactly how to run faster longer and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-backed training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along The Planted Runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you.